0: That's a really good idea. I can't wait to get back into therapy so I can try it. (laughs) Are you
1: ready? Yes! (laughs) (laughs) This this is going to be a fun day.
0: (laughs) I'm glad that you are high energy because I'm getting there.
1: I don't (laughs) think I was until I plugged in. Now I'm suddenly like, ah! (laughs)
0: Oh, okay. Well, hello, friends. Hello. Welcome to Pickles and Vodka, the mental health podcast where imperfect people have imperfect conversations. I'm Christina. And I'm Lauren. And today we will be talking about a topic of Lauren's choosing.
1: Oh, we are? Oh, my gosh. Oh. Good thing I have it ready. (laughs) Wait, did you not know? (laughs) I saw the poll and I thought it was a poll episode. Oh, no.
0: I just released it early.
1: Oh, okay, but I was going to tell you earlier that I was like, I'm totally ready for my topic next week, so I'm oh ready. Oh my
0: fucking god! <laughs> this is a part of me wants to cut this. A part of me wants to include it just to show people how disorganized we are. <laughs> I, I, I vote, I'm voting
1: leave it in because I think it's great. <laughs>
0: okay, so, okay. So since Lauren joined the podcast as a co-host 16 episodes ago, something like that, we have been trying to figure out a way to organize the show. And keep it interesting. And so we figured we would do a pickle pull one week, and then the next week we would take turns choosing topics. Yeah. And we, we've been pretty on top of it, kind of. Like we set
1: out a great theme to be organized, but I give us, like, a C-plus. got <laughs> how, how we actually execute it?
0: <laughs> how can we be disorganized? We have Trello. Right? <laughs> I wish more podcasters talked about how they made their show. Like, if you go Me on the are podcasters or whatever. It's just like, how do you grow your views? But you hardly ever see people being like, this is the really crude way that I splice everything together. And also we have like 15 views and we're celebrating.
1: (laughs) Yay. I know because before I joined this one, I looked several times into just starting my own. But I was like, I don't know the first thing. How do I do it? You can't find that.
0: No, you just have to jump right in and start. And you have to be doing it for the right reasons. Like, I just do this f- for an outlet and like to have fun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and because
0: I'm passionate about it. You know, like if I ever started trying to do this for money, I don't think it would be fun anymore.
1: That's true. And I also don't think that we'd be very good at it.
0: I also don't think people would give us their money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this is the amazing podcast about mental health. And we are the hosts and we're fucked up. Lauren, yes. what fucked you up this week? <laughs> um, How was that segue?
1: <laughs> that was great. So so last night, and I was thinking this, I was like, I'm going to tell this on the podcast.
0: Oh, I love <laughs> so. a moment like that.
1: <laughs> um, I super glued my finger together. Now, what? you hear that and you think... Lauren, clearly you meant you super glued your fingers together. No, I mean my finger. <laughs> Elaborate. I had a few things. Mainly what I wanted to do is I have these, I don't know, they're kind of like spikes with little dingle balls that sit into my cat's cat tree. What is and a he dingle ball? And you just pull them out all the time. What is a dingle <laughs> I mean a ball, doll, Lauren? What is a dingle doll?
0: <laughs> a dingle ball. <laughs> Is that a Midwestern thing? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just what it sounds like. It's a ball uh, that dingles, you know, and your cat bats it around.
0: <laughs> okay, continue. I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> That's all right. But so, yeah, they don't sit in that strongly. So he kept pulling them out, and I thought, I'll just super glue them in so he can't do that. And as I was doing that, I had a few other things that came up, and I was like, well, once you open a thing of super glue, you should use it for everything you can think of because it'll just dry up. Even oh, if they totally. tell you Oh, totally.
0: Yeah, that's just being economical.
1: Exactly. So I had a few things and um one of them was just kind of this it was like a ridge that goes onto a cup and it is supposed to like click in but it didn't. So I was like I'll super glue that on. And um I was being very careful getting it all around and I could see that I was doing a really good job, but it must have been like leaking out the side or something. And when I pulled it away, I realized my pointer finger I had basically super glued, like, the folds, like, in together. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, so it was like I super glued my finger all together.
0: This is now a horror podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it it was. Although I would like to sing the praises of Skin So Soft that you can get from Avon.
0: Not sponsored.
1: Nope. But it is the only thing I've ever found that can get, like, gumminess from price tags off. I used to use it on books. Yeah, it is perfect for that.
0: I have a ton of books because I buy all my books secondhand with few exceptions Mm -hmm. because I'm cheap Mm -hmm. and a lot of them (laughs) still have the stickers on from like six years later because I'm too lazy to get it off.
1: Well, yeah, it's like sometimes you can peel them off easily and sometimes they just leave stickiness and then you get this kind of like fuzzy gray sticker spot on your book forever. (laughs)
0: Dude, it's kind of like revisiting past traumas.
1: (laughs) You like go go to
0: clean a little bit off and you get tired and you don't see the point. And you're like, I'm just gonna leave this on. Hopefully no one notices. And then the next time you go to do anything, you're like, ew, why is this sticky? Why is this still bothering me? Fuck, I gotta deal with it.
1: Yeah, you're like, let me try again. It's like, oh, it still do not work. <laughs> Six
0: years later, you're rereading a book for the second time, and there's still stickiness on it. And you're like, yes. why am I doing this again? I don't know if we're do- speaking metaphorically or f- literally at this point, but Some our lives all. are hard.
1: <laughs> yes. But anyway, yeah, so Skin So Soft gets that off. So after trying, like especially because I'm not totally unpacked. I was like, where's rubbing alcohol? Oh, do yeah. I have do I have nail polish remover? I was just trying anything I could think of. I would
0: have thought that the medicine cabinet was the first thing you unpacked because that's what I would do.
1: Well, for one thing, my bathroom doesn't have a medicine cabinet. So I'm kind of making do with what I can like squeeze into areas in my bathroom. So I don't have, I have like necessities
0: I have a cute little portable medicine cabinet that I found at TJ
1: Maxx. Ooh, I might have to check this out. Take a picture. But yeah, so the Skin So Soft worked. I, you know, just kind of like put it on, held it on for a while. And actually, now my fingers are perfectly super (laughs) glue-free.
0: I love that for you. What did you learn?
1: (laughs) I learned not to super glue your finger together.
0: (laughs) I'm trying to get into manicures at home. Because I'm tired of paying a lot of money to have cute nails. Because, like, I know it's a luxury, but working in the service industry and dealing with chemicals for most of my life, and then, like, Mm -hmm. being bulimic and, like, binging and purging (laughs) all the time, my hands have always been disgusting. And my nails have always been really brittle and short for, like, my whole life. And so... one of the things I've been like really working on in recovery is like getting cute hands again, but it's so yes. fucking expensive. But I still <laughs> consider it self care. Like it is important to me. I've decided like it is important to me, and so I got all the stuff to do it at home. But it's so complicated, and there's like so many chemicals and stuff. Like mm-hmm. you were talking about super glue. It's like, if you do one thing wrong, it could fuck up my nails even more. Yes. But, like, I've been watching a lot of videos, and it's so soothing. Like, just watching the videos has been really helping my anxiety. So I'm like, okay, maybe (laughs) I'll try it. Maybe after I record with Lauren, I'll, like, try it.
1: Yay. And I do, I agree with you. Like, even if it's expensive, I see that, like, bulimia is not conducive to nice hands. So I can see that as very good, like, taking care of yourself. Yeah,
0: bulimia is also not conducive (laughs) to a fat wallet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That too. (laughs) Yeah. Funny that you mentioned DIYing, too, because that was the, the internet hole that I fell down that almost made me late. Was oh, yeah? The, the t-shirt that they sent me home with from the psych ward. Yeah. <laughs> <because laughs> Because I came in and all I was wearing was this tiny little strappy tank top because it was summer and I also was you know, earlier being ridiculous dancing around the house trying to make myself feel better. Not really. <laughs> and I understood, and also I would be freezing cold that they were like, we can't have you wear that, you know, when I wanted to get my own clothes. But they get some um donated and, you know, because that's what I said. I was like, I just want to wear my own clothes or some clothes. Not, I know, I've been sitting I here. I just want to wear
0: s- some clothes.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was sitting here in your stupid scrubs for a day and a half. And, <laughs> and so... What they found me was just like one of those classic army green t-shirts that says army over it.
0: Oh, yeah. You can find a million of them at any Salvation Army.
1: Right. But it has a really, really tight neckline, which I hate. Oh, so I hate I'm looking, those. Yes. so I'm looking into like altering t-shirts so that I can, yeah, like make it fun and be like, that's my psych ward shirt.
0: <laughs> oh, real talk, Lauren. <laughs> I have been really struggling with my body image this week. Not Uh-oh. gonna lie. Especially. Uh-huh. Okay. And the source was not something I was expecting. It's mm-hmm. my fucking neck. Like, Ooh. I don't know if it's the years of binging and purging, or maybe it's just getting old. I don't know. Yeah. But I feel mm-hmm. like I have no neck now. Oh, no. And, and like, <laughs> the picture is shot from the side. Like, my sister took some pics at Thanksgiving, and I just, mm-hmm. I think I look like a turtle. Like, horrendous. Oh. I'm like, I need to wear turtlenecks now. And then Brett looks at the picture, and he's like, you look normal. Like, I can't tell yeah. if it's the dysmorphia or what, but it's just got me in this really insecure headspace that I'm not really used to feeling much anymore.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, but I understand. I've gotten really, like, hung up before. I don't like the smile lines around my mouth.
0: Oh, I have those too.
1: Sometimes it doesn't bug me, and sometimes I look in the mirror, and I immediately am like, I'm going to go, like, research Botox. I, yeah. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> it's
0: only a matter of time, dude. And I hate uh-huh. it because I'm all, like, you know, natural beauty, and I'm, I'm trying mm-hmm. to deconstruct from all these toxic dialogues I've been fed by society over the years, and then I'm just yes. like, but really, <laughs> I think I need Botox. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Like, it took forever for me to find any gray hairs. Well, mine are actually white, which is I think is even cooler. Oh, I think that's I, awesome. Yeah. And I have no problem with that. Like, once I started finding those, I was like, that's sweet. I'm gonna, you know, like, start getting white hairs. All right. But this bugs me. <laughs> yeah. it's just,
0: I mean, I'm, I just turned 30. Let me remind the listeners. I just turned yeah. 30. So I feel like I'm going to be going through a lot of these little crises as my body starts aging for lack of a better term
1: at the same time um i worked with a woman in chicago and you know she was probably like mid-50s and she told me that she actually started going gray at 20
0: oh yeah that happens to some people yeah
1: she was like by the time i was 22 half my hair was gray
0: (laughs) my dad was one of those people and Mm -hmm. you know my my mom found it sexy like yeah (laughs) he looked
1: like steve martin (laughs) Silver fox yeah. Exactly, zaddy,
0: as they say Ew,
1: you're saying that about my dad Not about my dad uh, let okay. me,
0: As I was saying it, please let, let it be clear I'm not referring to my father as a zaddy Anyone who knows him knows yeah. he is anything but no Now it sounds like him uh, Let's move away from this conversation yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I do have a few things I want to talk about before we get into the topic Housekeeping, if you will um, And it's mm-hmm. going to be quick First of all, when I first started the podcast in 2018, I bought the domain for picklesandvodkapodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And for a while, I had, like, a little website, and then I just stopped taking care of it, and I forgot I had the domain. But last week... Okay. It automatically renewed. So... Oh. I am saying that here because I want to be accountable for like making it happen. Yeah, we should
1: do something with it.
0: Yeah, we have it. Like why wouldn't we use it? So there's nothing there. Don't go visit it.
1: But eventually we'll tell you to.
0: Yeah, we're yeah. we're trying to do it mm-hmm. eventually. Um secondly, Lauren, yes. as you know, in just about three weeks, we are going to be meeting in person for the first yeah, it time.
1: Is- this month, you guys. This month.
0: Oh my god, it's December.
1: That's what I realized yesterday. I was like, "This is the month it's going to happen." Yeah.
0: So obviously, we're both super excited. I feel mm-hmm. I feel a little anxious just for you know all the normal me reasons. too. Well,
1: yeah, like someone you've never met in person. I'm like, oh my god, what if she lays eyes on me? It's like, I'm just kidding. I hate you. Oh my
0: god, stop! <laughs> no, I'll just hang out with Pico all the time. If that's the case. That's true. <laughs> but um, we obviously want to make a really special episode in person, and so we're going. To be doing the Hot and Spicy Pickle Awards and a new mm-hmm. segment that Lauren thought of that I think you guys are really going to like. But then, one thing I want to do, and I think Lauren, we've talked about this, is mm-hmm. open up our DMs to any questions the listeners have. And then when we're recording, yes. we can just do like a QA session live. Okay. And maybe we'll record it on video and we'll post it somewhere. Who knows? I was just
1: going to say, because I know like before you've done video with it and my friend Vicky actually offered, she said, if you need a camera person, (gasps) I'm
0: willing. Vicky. Yes. That is amazing. Um, We will, Probably take you up on that. Yay. I mean, seriously. We need someone to take like cute pictures too. Like this is who knows yes. when we're going to be together oh my gosh, again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've been planning. It's going to be super fun. Um, so yeah, Vicky, our people will reach out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. But yeah.
0: Um, if you haven't followed us on Instagram yet, follow us at pickles and vodka podcast. And I'm going to be posting like polls in the stories. So you can submit questions. It's going to be super easy. We'll answer them live. And that's all I had to say for housekeeping. I just want to jump right into the topic. I feel like we've been chit-chatting a lot, which is fun, but I'm ready to get down and dirty.
1: So this is a very general topic, but I do have some specific ideas about it. But, you know, like pets was general. Exactly. Um,
0: Sometimes the general ones allow the most wiggle room.
1: Yeah. So my topic is therapy (laughs)
0: oh goody this is gonna be you know it's funny because I was talking to my sister Bonnie last night and she Mm -hmm. just recently quit therapy just because she didn't like have time and I was like yeah that's a thing it's it can be really hard sometimes to fit therapy into your life and sometimes if you're like me like you've had a bunch of therapists and some of them were bad and maybe a couple were good and it's expensive and it's like is it even worth it what is this doing for me so this is yeah, a great topic. I was,
1: I was thinking that too. Like if you're just kind of like mediocre about it, then sometimes something deciding is it can be really expensive.
0: Yeah. Did you have anything right off the bat that you wanted to talk about in particular?
1: Yeah. So I feel like a good thing to start is just positive and negative experiences you've had with it.
0: What's the first therapy experience that you had?
1: I know it was either the last episode or the one before when I mentioned um, suddenly having panic attacks pretty much 24-7. Yeah, <laughs> my my parents found something because, you know, they were watching this go up. The time when I was having those panic attacks ended up with them picking me up because I was supposed to be at my brother's wedding.
0: You should just tell the story. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: So um, I started having panic attacks out of nowhere. I didn't know what they were, you know, which means that you think that your heart is going to beat out of your chest and you're going to die and you don't know why.
0: I've been with people that that's happened to like it's yeah. it's real.
1: And one of the main things for me was I felt like I was going to die if I did not stop moving. I remember it started, I was sitting in a lecture hall and I just suddenly had to get up and walk out because I couldn't sit anymore or else I just, I thought that I was going to just like pass out or throw up or die or all three. Wow.
0: did it originate from a feeling or, or an external source or like?
1: That's the thing is I have no clue why it started. I don't feel like I had anything to signal. It was just like one day I'm sitting in a lecture hall and I'm just suddenly like, Oh my God, I got to walk or I'm going to die. And from there it was just, it was constant. I mean, my, my roommate and we had kind of like a suite style. So like the suite mates next to us, you know, they were all kind of like freaking out because I was just literally pacing around the room. Cause that's all I could do. And at night, everyone would go to bed and I would just like walk up and down the hallways of my dorm until finally, I think I like passed out out of exhaustion.
0: Due to fluorescent lighting.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And and this went on for a couple of weeks. And then my parents were picking me up to be in my brother's wedding. And, you know, they could see they were like, oh, my God, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, I explained like the walking thing and I barely managed to stand up during the wedding and then at the reception i know like i tried to sit down so i could talk to family members i was just like nope i got to get up and you know like Different family members a couple of times like came outside with me, you know, like so that I could get some fresh air and walk around. And that was just like what I had to do. And my parents were were, yeah, they were like, we're not taking you back to school. We're taking you to the emergency room.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah. They went from (laughs) zero to ten really fast.
1: Yeah. But, you know, like that's where I at least that's where I found out what it was.
0: So how long after that did you start going to therapy?
1: It wasn't quite like that bad, but, you know, I continued to have a lot of issues with it for the rest of the semester. I managed to get through finals and came home, you know, like still having major problems with this. So that was when my mom found a therapist and... I don't even remember. I, her name was like Samantha or something. Yeah, like <laughs> just kind, of, kind of, like, kind of like '80s girl name, you know. And I just, I don't remember anything. I remember I didn't want to tell her anything. I probably didn't. So, and she didn't really press. So she seemed totally ineffective. And then I went back to school and just never did anything about therapy again for a couple
0: years I feel like that's a pretty common experience though you go into therapy at a young age you know someone usually recommends it to you like a parent or a guidance counselor or something and then Mm -hmm. it's your first experience and so that can really shape the way you approach therapy in the future but so often I feel like you don't know what it is you're looking for in a therapist yet because it's your first time and you don't really know like you could go months and months and realize that it's not working for you But maybe at that age, you don't know how to say, like, you want someone different or you want a different approach.
1: I think you made a good point where it's like, I think you do better if you decide yourself that you realize you need it. Where, yeah, like this point, my parents were just kind of like, clearly you can't go on like this. And we did find out that it's anxiety. So I guess it's in your head. So,
0: (laughs) yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I was a minor when I went to therapy for the first time. So, like, my choice was less of a factor It was a Christian lady, like they made sure to go to a Christian counselor, but she was honestly like one of my favorite therapists I've ever had to this day. Like Uh she was, she just treated me like, like a kid. Because I had been treated like an adult for so long. um, Like, oldest of seven kids. Like, I was basically a secondary mom. And yeah. um, in school, I was, like, a super responsible kid. And I, tr- I was very polite to adults. And I-, I basically acted like a little adult. And so I didn't have mm-hmm. any outlets to act like a kid. And so that's why I was, like, self-injuring at the time. I don't think I was bulimic yet. But my parents had just found out about the self-harm. And so that's why okay. they sent me to therapy. But she yeah. was great. She would, like... Ask me about my home life and, like, what sort of things triggered me. And it was things that I didn't really think about. Like, you know, my brother said something that made me feel worthless. You know, that didn't seem like a big deal to me. I didn't want to bother the other adults in my life with that. Right you right. know but she provided a place for me to just talk about all that quote unquote petty stuff that wasn't petty at all and yeah. i c- continued seeing her after i went to college whenever i would come back home for the summer or for christmas i would like squeeze in a session or two with her and then of course the next therapist i would go to was not nearly as good yeah (laughs) yeah that was my first experience with therapy so and my dad has been in therapy he's very open about being in therapy he has PTSD and so Mm -hmm. I didn't really feel nervous about it at all I I just felt kind of like validated like someone Mm -hmm. sees me like my problem is significant enough to require this so I must be doing something right
1: (laughs) Yeah, some of the best things I've gotten is being seen or being validated. I feel like that's a really important one.
0: Totally. And we use that word a lot on this podcast, but honestly, it's so important. Like validation, I feel like is one of the main reasons we do this. It's one of the biggest driving forces in my life is just like, how do I validate myself and how do I help others validate themselves? And therapy can be super, super validating.
1: Yeah. And we had entire episodes about things like imposter syndrome and that is not feeling validated. So clearly (laughs) not getting validated is a pretty big deal.
0: I I guess since we're going with positives of therapy, one of the things is education. Like therapy Mm -hmm. has educated me so much about my own mental health and just mental health in general. Uh, and we won't really be going into specific types of therapy in this episode unless you planned yeah. on it. I don't, no. I'm not prepared yeah, at all to explain that. Okay. <laughs> but I feel like I have a, a degree in therapy at yeah. this point.
1: I know sometimes I catch myself when I'm talking to people saying things. I'm like, well, that's a very therapist thing to say.
0: <laughs> I mean, when I was in therapy, I feel like I had a lot more to share on the podcast just about like general mental health tips and stuff. Tips and stuff.
1: Tips and stuff. <laughs> oh, God.
0: You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about some other positives for you?
1: It gave me kind of like what you were saying, because in a lot of ways, I felt like I was encouraged not to be a kid. And there was, there was a lot of things that I could talk about where it's like, yeah, you didn't get to do this as a child. And feel free to unload, even if you're, you're not a child now. But hey, recognize that you, <laughs> this needed to happen when you were a kid.
0: I mean, we are all children inside still, I think, Um, Mm -hmm. whether you're, you know, 12 years old or 92 years old, I think everyone has a child in them. And like, that's where the inner child comes from. Like, you hear therapists toss around that term all the time. Like, inner child work is a term you hear a lot from therapists. And I mean... That is huge, just like recognizing that I am a kid in some ways still and I wasn't allowed to like be a kid and I have to nurture that child and like re-educate her and like all this stuff. And that takes therapy. Yeah.
1: And like one thing that I really didn't get a lot of growing up was attention. Yeah. I mean, not like purposefully being like, I'm not going to pay attention to my child, just Kind of like my parents maybe needing to put their attention in other places and seeing like, oh, you know, like she seems pretty good at like entertaining herself. You so, talked you know. about
0: that on the last episode, how you were rewarded for being like self-sufficient. I can relate to that, too.
1: And from that, I felt like growing up, then suddenly like needing attention became like a dirty word. So, you know, it's just mm-hmm. kind of like, ugh, I hate people that are like grubbing for attention. That's gross. It I would never be like that.
0: It is a dirty word. Like selfish is a dirty word, mm-hmm. you know?
1: My friend that was also in treatment with me the first time reminded me that, um, one of the like group therapists said, you know, like people see it like so badly, you know, like someone, they say like, oh, they're just doing that because they, they want attention. And she's like, you should see somebody doing something for attention and say, Clearly that person needs some attention and that's why they're acting like this.
0: Yeah. Like, so what if they're doing it for attention? They're clearly not getting attention and it's fucking them up.
1: Yeah. Like sometimes people are doing it in a maladaptive way, but you know, the point is whether they are or not is that this person needs attention. People need (laughs)
0: attention to survive planes yeah. need attention to survive yes like fuck if you don't rotate the mattress every few weeks it's gonna right. like everything needs attention it's not a bad word and i'm so yeah. sick of being shamed for like wanting attention or uh this is a tangent but i'm i'm mad now
1: no it's it's a mini tangent
0: i mean everything relates to therapy honestly
1: Then when you have like one person that is sitting in a room with you for an hour dedicated to only hearing about you, then it's like, I'm getting some of that attention. So yeah, that's definitely a positive to me.
0: Another positive I think is just having a neutral third party. I I have been journaling my whole life and I have a podcast where I just unload my feelings. And so I thought like, I'm really good at processing alone. I don't need anyone else to talk to, but there is something really freeing about just saying the same things that you say to yourself to another person who doesn't know you and realizing, oh, this is kind of fucked up. It's kind of hard. It can be a a tough pill to swallow sometimes to realize that you have been saying all these toxic things to yourself Mm -hmm. or that like the way you've been thinking is totally wrong and you need to change. Like that's scary.
1: Yeah. And I kind of like opposite but similar thing when I've had good therapists I feel like they've made a point to tell me you know I'm on your side just so you know like that's that's what I'm here to do is be on your side like I'm not going to support like if you say like I'm doing all of these terrible behaviors and I'm just fucking myself up. And she'd be like, you go girl. But but if you are trying to like, yeah, put yourself down, like I shouldn't think like that. I shouldn't do that. You know, like the world doesn't want me to be this. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you.
0: Yeah. I have still struggled a lot being honest with therapists.
1: I feel like in the last, just few years is where I've really noticed a switch that I've apparently gotten like very honest and you know I have no problem just spilling it all out there. So I don't know, maybe maybe when you're like thirty seven
0: <laughs> then you'll be able to
1: be completely honest. That's the magic That's maybe around when it started.
0: <laughs> yeah. Other positives before we go into negatives.
1: If you have any, I think I'm I'm tapped out on positives. Yeah, security. I just want to start talking about negatives. I know
0: I do want to start talking about negatives, and I don't know. I feel like there are therapists who listen to the show, and I fucking love therapists. But oh, really cool. <laughs> at the same time, we've both been burned by therapists, which we're about to talk about. Yeah, when I was thinking about
1: talking about negatives, I was actually going to talk about bad experiences. So it's not like a negative of therapy, exactly. It's just- Yeah. (laughs) These are
0: our personal experiences. Maybe learn how to set boundaries by listening to them. Or maybe learn how to pick a better therapist. I don't know. Maybe don't learn anything. Maybe just... Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride.
1: (laughs) So tell me about some negatives.
0: Okay. So uh, the year is 2010. (laughs) And (laughs) I am living in Oklahoma. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. No, actually, I think it was 2011. But whatever. I was like 19 years old. I had just graduated from high school in Chicago, moved to Oklahoma to be as far away from my family as possible, (laughs) but the catch was that I had to go to this super strict Christian school. But whatever, I was used to growing up in that kind of environment, and Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting, though, for my bulimia to come back, like, almost instantly— Okay. And part of it was I, I did start to deconstruct my faith. Like in the first six months I was at that school, uh, being someone who struggled with mental health and finding myself really struggling, I didn't find a lot of resources there. Everyone just told me to like pray about it or whatever. And I was feeling really frustrated. So I went to student services and um, found a counselor and I started seeing her weekly. So I was there because I said I was struggling with bulimia. I remember I showed up to her office um, with like a frappuccino, which, you know, is not a low calorie thing, but it was like the only thing (laughs) I had all day. And she just made a comment about it and she was sitting with like her feet propped up eating something herself Mm-hmm. And it was just really off-putting. And the rest of the time I like, spent with her, I honestly don't remember a lot of it because I just remember the, the way she just would lean back and like eat while I was talking and just kind of give me really generic answers. And mm-hmm. I, I, ended, I left feeling worse than I did when I went in. I, I can't even yeah. remember anything helpful she told me.
1: Ugh, that sounds like my first dietician experience.
0: Oh, God
1: she was terrible.
0: <laughs> yeah. Next week we'll talk about dietitians. Yes. <laughs> no. Um but yeah, that that put me off therapy for a few years, honestly.
1: So, my negative experience is I have had a unreasonable amount of therapists flat out ghost me.
0: Oh shit. See, I'm yeah. usually the one doing the ghosting, so it'll be interesting to hear this point of view.
1: So, The first time that it happened to me was also like the first therapist that I really felt like I connected with and could very slowly, because it was the first time I felt comfortable, so it was was a very slow process that I started to actually open up. I probably had pretty significant eating disorder going on, but I didn't want to say that first. I'd just come in and be like, yeah, I just need some help with like depression. Was this before
0: you had been to treatment for your eating disorder?
1: Oh, a long time before. I was like 23. So
0: this is way before, (laughs) if I remember correctly, before you even admitted that you had an eating disorder.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. It was just kind of like I knew in my head, like, I think so. But But you
0: hadn't like come out of the closet, so to speak.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But yeah, so we were actually kind of like just starting to get into this. Oh, and I've mentioned before, this is also the therapist that first introduced me to the idea of probably being borderline
0: Mm. at that time, at least. Okay, (laughs) okay
1: So also like She gave me this And like I've talked about I was actually Excited about it Because it explained me At the time But it's also a hard You know Diagnosis to get through So Right in the middle Of all this I to this day Don't know what happened I was going through Community health service Because Then I could get it Essentially for free And one day I get a call from the community health service just saying, so-and-so, you know, your therapist is no longer with us, so we we will find somebody else new for you and contact you when we do. So no closure, no nothing, she just was gone.
0: I feel like that almost reverses all of the work that you do if something like that
1: happens. They did find somebody new for me, but she couldn't see me as often because obviously she's trying to like squeeze additional people into her schedule. And yeah, and I was feeling kind of jilted, I guess. <laughs> and, yeah. and so I saw her a couple times and then, then, yeah, then I actually ghosted that one and I did not go back to therapy for like seven or eight years.
0: <laughs> that happened to me when I was an outpatient for my alcoholism. Uh, my favorite mm-hmm. therapist got fired, actually, when I was five weeks in. I, I, I still don't know why. He was kind of unorthodox. And mm-hmm. so I, I, not all the patients liked him. So I feel like yeah. it had been a long time coming. But at that point, I was just looking for an excuse to get out anyway. Yeah. And so that's when I dipped.
1: Oh, yeah. And this one, just just to speculate, because like I said, they gave me no information. They're just like, she's not with us anymore. The appointment that I'd had before they called me about that, I sat there in the waiting room and I never actually saw her. You know, people were just kind of like running in and out. And then somebody came out and they said, she's dealing with an emergency and is going to have to cancel this week.
0: I mean, therapists do have emergencies. Like, they're yeah, people
1: like everyone else. Totally. And it's happened to me, like, other times with other therapists since, but just that this one, you know, like, that happened. I left. I get the call. She's gone.
0: Oh, that's devastating.
1: Just such a strange, crazy turn of events. I was just like, I don't even know what to do with
0: this. (laughs) One of my therapists started her own practice. When I started seeing her, like she was one therapist of many in this agency. And then like in the middle of my treatment with her, she started her own practice and I actually went with her to her new practice and because yeah. she was that good. Like she yeah. actually would look up articles on some of the the stuff I talked about, like growing up in the religious organization mm-hmm. or whatever. She would like look up articles about that religious organization so she could be better equipped next time I came in. And when I, w- she was actually the one that was overseeing me when I went to inpatient treatment. So like she found my new therapist at treatment and emailed her like some of these articles just such an amazing person. And then I lost my health insurance and never went back to her.
1: That's so interesting, because I actually had a similar experience. I was seeing a therapist that I really clicked with. And she is the one, yeah, that first got me to go to residential. And she also started her own practice. And I moved with her. But then she's the one that fired me.
0: Awkward. Yeah,
1: because I came out. And you know, it, it was the time where like insurance like abruptly cut and yeah what what episode is that 44 if you want to hear about how yeah insurance just like immediately sent me home and yeah I it's totally a wild ride up. yeah
0: that's even with insurance too god yeah. it's
1: fucked up but that was yeah where I in no way should have been sent home and so I just went home and turned into a bigger mess very very quickly and that's she was the one that was just kind of like you know if there's putting you out into the world, you need more than once a week. And I'm too busy and can't do that. So I can't see you anymore.
0: Now that kind of leads into something I wanted to talk about, which is boundaries with therapists. I mean, it sounds like she was establishing a boundary with you. Yeah, in that case. And I mean, I'm not a therapist. I don't know if the way she did it could have been done better. But that does happen. And so like, how do you establish boundaries with your therapist? so you're less let down when that happens? Like it's a rhetorical question. Like I don't really have an yeah, answer. I, don't know. I was wondering if you had
1: an answer. Not yeah. really. <laughs> I
0: mean, I just reminding myself that this this is um thinking of it like my doctor, you know, who gives me mm-hmm. a flu shot. Like yeah. they, in <laughs> this moment, they are 100 percent focused on me and they're you know, helping me with my health. But then once my time is up, like they have another patient, like they are a professional, and they're just doing their job. And so thinking of a therapist kind of the same way, like, yes, this is an incredibly specialized type of provider. And sometimes like I do let my guard down so much that I start thinking of them as more, Mm -hmm. you know, but then I have to remind myself like, I have to establish boundaries here too, because otherwise things are going to get weird or I'm going to get disappointed because I have a bad history of being disappointed by people because (laughs) I just put too many expectations on them. And that includes therapists.
1: Something that I actually feel like I hold myself back more from, but I know other people overstep this boundary is how much your therapist would allow you to contact them in off hours.
0: See, I have never contacted a therapist. Well, okay, no, that's a lie. I am very much a nope, nope, nope. I had to be blackout (laughs) drunk to do it, though. Oh. (laughs) Like, that is how hard it is for me to, like, inconvenience Mm -hmm. anybody, even someone that I'm paying to be there for me in emergency situations like this.
1: Yeah, I have, I feel like I've challenged myself a couple times recently, and I will allow myself to email them in between appointments. Oh, that's a good call. Which, yeah, means like, I know they can get to it when they need to, or or whatever.
0: And then they have a record, at least, like, when you come back in later, they're like, so let's talk yeah, about these emails.
1: <laughs> yes. That's a really
0: good idea. I can't wait to get back into therapy so I can try it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, so, but I mean, I would even hold myself back from that sometimes. Like, I don't want to just, like, keep bombarding them with my emails, which meant I wanted, I was going to email them once in between sessions.
0: So, I feel like we've all seen that stereotype of the neurotic patient on TV who, yes. like, email, like, bombards their it's therapist like calling outside of constantly.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And so, no one wants to be that person but like if Mm -hmm. like when i the time i did do it with my therapist uh, i was seeing at the time i was like on the verge of suicide just blackout junk and he's the one i I really love the way he handled it he didn't like call the cops on me or anything he was just like do you think you (laughs) could come in tomorrow morning and we can talk about this." yeah and I was I like okay with a lot of
1: friends that yeah had, yeah like been in a real crisis moment and they're like oh, well I can make time for you yeah like later today or tomorrow you know, yeah you and that was right like
0: now. I just needed to survive to that day like I could do that yeah and yeah. then you know then he did convince me to go to the ER and like they got me into rehab and like that was the whole thing but I wouldn't have done that if it weren't for him and I know that the te- we're supposed to be talking about things we don't like about therapy but <laughs> I just keep remembering the good ones like as as we talk about this I just like I wrote him a thank you letter after mm-hmm. the fact um because like he saved my life like I told him that like I don't say that lightly but you saved my life yeah and you know even if he never reached out like I I just wanted him to know that because oh. I think yeah, therapy and- therapy can be a really unforgiving job sometimes
1: and I was gonna say like disclosure to anybody else you know who's going through therapy and you know if you maybe are having a rough time like no, you probably shouldn't be calling them like every day. That's, that's, that's not setting the right boundaries. But if you are in an emergency situation, I can't think of a thing, single therapist I've had that would not be like, contact me. Yeah.
0: Or at least like contact someone else that can help you like providing resources. I I have had a lot of therapists like give me resources over the years. I've also had a lot of therapists who like couldn't give me resources because they're so underfunded or the wait times are Mm -hmm. so long. Like they're like, I I can't really. And and that's when like their hands are tied, I think. Yeah. The the (laughs) system is, at least here in this country, it's kind of messed up to put it lightly. Yeah. I feel like
1: every therapist that I've had that I've actually like gotten along with and opened up to at least. Like at one point we all have to be like, fuck fuck healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a shit show. Oh, yes. yeah. like they they all agree. They
0: all do. I mean yep. therapists don't get paid a lot. No. You know, it, it's bullshit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um any of our listeners who are therapists or on the path to become therapists, uh, you have our respect for real. <laughs>
1: And yeah. you're probably cool
0: because you're listening to this podcast. So none of the bad things apply to you.
1: No. And and I know um, some that I've had in the past also, they actually prefer to do like a sliding scale because then you can often, you know, just you pay them cash, whatever you can afford. Ooh. And they prefer that to dealing with insurance.
0: I have always been too scared to talk to my therapist about money, but that is good to know.
1: Yeah. Because that's what I, I heard, you know, a couple like specifically tell me, they're just like, we actually prefer that to when you have, like, a copay and having to deal with your insurance, because they said it's so hard to get compensated from the insurance. I'm not surprised.
0: Yeah. Um. Are you currently seeing a therapist right now? I just started
1: with one. I've seen her, I don't know, like, three or four times.
0: Okay. How's it going, if you don't mind me asking?
1: It's going all right. I mean, you know, it's a new person, and that's, like... With all that I've seen, that's kind of annoying.
0: Well, yeah, you have to tell your whole life story and, like, exactly. kind of give a PowerPoint presentation of your trauma. Mm-hmm. That can get exhausting.
1: In all the beginning sessions, even, you know, like, when I'm given an overview, then I feel like things keep coming up where I'm like, oh, yeah, you don't know, th- know this. Hang on, let me explain this one to you. Yep. <laughs> I was coming to her after um, my previous therapist, who actually was, like, one of the best fits I felt in, you know, like, I got so much good stuff done with her but I figured out between um the beginning of 2022 up to I think
0: like July is when I stopped seeing her.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd had 22 appointments scheduled and she had canceled 12 of them. That's yeah. So crazy. And- I was just like, it, it does me be good when I get to have an appointment. But <laughs> if I have to miss more than half of them, that's actually not doing me a lot of good.
0: Hot take. If your therapist is making you want to go to therapy, maybe see another therapist. <laughs> like if your yeah. therapist is giving you trust issues. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I hope I can get to see another therapist soon. But I am feeling kind of jaded about the whole process, just like getting to know someone new and sinking in months. And then maybe it's not, it's all for nothing. You know, at this point, I'm trying to, it's good that you picked this topic because it's a good reminder that it is worth it. Like, even if you have to work hard for months and then maybe it's a bad fit, like it is worth it when you find that person. And at the very Mm -hmm. least, like, it'll lead to growth.
1: I'm glad I did not realize that you did not ask about things like a sliding scale. I'm like, that is the first question I ask when I contact a new therapist. Do not feel guilty about that. Do it. Tell them you can't afford a lot.
0: Yeah. I need to be better about that. Yes.
1: Don't feel embarrassed about that one. That is such a common thing.
0: What else should people know if they're thinking about going to a therapist for the first time, do you think?
1: Um, First, I just wanted to say that I've come to the conclusion that I believe that everyone in the world could benefit from therapy I don't believe everyone needs it necessarily you know you're not at like a am not going to get through the world if I don't have it
0: exactly
1: you should never if you feel like even like you want to have that person to talk to and relate to then yeah you should never be like oh but I'm not messed up enough yeah who
0: <laughs> couldn't benefit from talking to someone like it, it just yeah. blows my mind like, when people have such a stigma about it I mean I know that they're are a lot of reasons why society has stigmas against therapy, right. but still, it's not a big deal. Yeah,
1: it doesn't I feel like have one to thing be. Is they're they're kind of there to help you like learn about yourself actually, or make you like realize these things about yourself. So yeah, who couldn't benefit from that?
0: <laughs> you probably have trauma you didn't even know about. Don't you exactly. want to find out?
1: Yeah. (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) No,
0: seriously. Everyone should see a therapist and therapists are great, but also draw your boundaries and know when it's time. You should always prioritize yourself. You don't owe the therapist anything at the end of the day. They are trying to help you.
1: Yeah. So a total little side comment thing (laughs) that I also wanted to touch on is the idea of group therapy,
0: because
1: that's a whole different animal.
0: Okay, I kind of like group therapy a lot.
1: I do too, but I also see some big negatives to it, even though I enjoy it.
0: Oh, totally. I know what my biggest complaint against group therapy is, and I'm wondering if it's the same.
1: I was going to say, I bet it is. Should, should we say it at the same time?
0: Yes. All right. <laughs> Three, Three, two, two one. one. People who monopolize the competition.
1: <laughs> oh! people who monopolize
0: the the conversations
1: that's a great one and
0: competition too holy shit yes you go first
1: i feel like since we've both been through this like it's it's a huge thing particularly in um in like eating disorder treatment is people are competitive as fuck oh my god yeah Yeah, it's all, you know, like a place that I went, they used to call it war stories that oh everyone God. wants to have the the worst war story. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's just like 12 step meetings. Oh, yes,
1: because that is you're encouraged, I feel like to tell your war story there. Yeah,
0: that is, yeah, I can't believe I didn't think about that right off the bat. That is a huge downside, because then you're not even focused on the reason you're there in the first place. You're just like, Oh, should I be worse? Yeah, like, I, I don't think I should add to this conversation because my story isn't as bad as this person.
1: And I've definitely talked to people where it's kind of like, I'm just trying to like be vulnerable and share something. But, you know, like if I say anything that had, you know, like a a bad outcome or something, then they have to be like, oh, yeah, I did this. I Mm -hmm. had this happen. You know, like this was me.
0: (laughs) It is a balancing act because you do deserve to take up space and you should take up space. But also you need to be conscientious of the people in the group and like making sure everyone has space to talk. When I was in treatment, we did group therapy multiple times every day and one of the therapists would always say like you need to be just as involved with listening as you are in talking like sometimes when you feel like you have to say something just sit back and listen and maybe see if there's anyone who has other insight that doesn't talk all the time maybe I don't know just making people think about how often they talk without shaming them for talking if that makes sense
1: yeah. And I know, like, I I came out of the gate saying the most competition seems to happen in, like, an eating disorder setting because there are so many people that actually want to get worse. That's one of the few things yeah. where I feel like that happens. So I feel like, you know, that's a thing. But, mm-hmm. but I mean, I feel like you also see it in everything else. And it's not people necessarily wanting to get worse so much as maybe they need some attention. You know, if you're talking about like being depressed and suicidal or something like that, then, you know, someone has to come up and be like, oh my gosh, you know, like I did this and I, you know, I almost died from it and had all this happen. It's kind of like them saying like, notice me too. I had a really bad experience. So
0: here's the question. Do you think if someone's never been to any therapy at all, they should start with group therapy or one-on-one therapy?
1: I think whatever makes you feel more comfortable, because I can see some people being like, wow, I am not ready to just have the spotlight on me. Yeah. And usually any groups I've gone to, you know, most facilitators have been like, especially if you're new to it, like, you can just sit and listen if that's all you feel ready for right now. Oh, totally.
0: Totally. If you're someone who doesn't know how to express yourself to another person or you're you're out of practice, it can be really helpful to hear how other people do it and to know like, oh, I can do that too.
1: Yeah, definitely my first groups. that's what I did. I I just sat there and was like, I'm just going to see how this goes before I call any attention to myself.
0: (laughs) But the downside of that, I think, is like when you go to one-on-one therapy, the focus is 100% on you and what you need. And I think most people, when they think of therapy, they think, this is for me. So group therapy requires a little bit of an adjustment, I think, in your expectations. You need to remember that this is for everybody, and some people might not receive what they need the same way that you do like some people might need you know to talk for five minutes straight and that's how they heal and that's what they get out of that session once a week but you might not like that well big deal it's group therapy you know
1: yeah I feel like an individual therapy is really you know for for things that we've talked about and it is just for you but I I feel like a big aim for group therapy is always like just letting everybody know like you're not alone it's not just you
0: yeah, that's the biggest thing I take from it. And it's fun yeah. to talk to other people. And I mean, it's like having this podcast like that we have once yeah. a week. It's, <laughs> it's like that. But imagine with like six more people.
1: <laughs> and I mean, I know we've brought this up about all sorts of different things. And group therapy is a good thing for this, where it's like you're doing something and you, you're almost like embarrassed because you're like, oh, my God, I'm the only one that yep. is this messed up. And hearing someone say that, I know it can suddenly just be like, oh, <laughs> sweet, sweet validation, baby. Did you have any more to say about um, monopolizing? Because I think that's a really good thing, too.
0: It, it just goes along with what I just said. Like, try mm-hmm. to listen to others, but also remember that you have space and a voice. And um, it, it's just n- a balancing act, honestly. I didn't really have anything more to say about that. Okay. I,
1: was say, I I feel like in a group setting, I see that as my opportunity to practice empathy more. Yeah. Yeah.
0: now you caught me (laughs) mid-vape no and that in in a way that can be its own therapy like learning how to practice empathy Mm -hmm. i think that's one of the benefits of group therapy like you get to practice a lot of skills that you wouldn't necessarily in one-on-one therapy i like that. yeah Yeah. do a little bit of research see what's available in your area don't be afraid overall don't be afraid
1: yeah, especially now, you know, because I don't know, there was this like thing that we called like, you know, pandemic or something. <laughs> <laughs> people didn't get out of their house much. Nerf but I think worker. also, even now when people are like going back to, to have gone back to doing most things in person again, I feel like that's kind of made people realize like, oh, we can offer virtual groups, though. I mean, that's that's still a benefit because not everybody has access to that everywhere.
0: Oh, my God. So, yeah. yeah.
1: If you want to try a group. They're pretty
0: easy to find by now. The great thing about the internet is that there are support groups for anything imaginable out there. Like, I want to give a plug to Jacqueline of the Binge Breakers podcast. Like, she has a bulimia Mm -hmm. coaching business that is, it's so incredible. She's doing so much to provide, like, accessible care to people with bulimia. And there's just so many programs out there for anyone struggling with anything. It, It does require a bit of research, but the help
1: is out there for sure. Yeah, and really, at this point, you can even get individual therapy online. I'm not going to talk about it because it's a common, I feel like it's a common uh, Every podcast podcast sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't want to give them any more free advertising, but it is a thing. (laughs) If you've ever
0: listened to a single podcast, then you know that you can get therapy without stepping outside your house.
1: Exactly. I actually know somebody, though, that worked with that company. Oh, okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, are you ready for a palate cleanser now? Yes, I am. Okay, so... How
1: how about palate cleansing therapy?
0: Palate <laughs> cleansing therapy, yes. Um, so I have this great therapist right now called BuzzFeed.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've heard of him.
0: <laughs> no insurance necessary. And each session is only five minutes. And nice. you'll probably feel <laughs> shitty about yourself after. But you know what? While you're taking it, it's fun. So okay, I actually did a poll on Instagram right before uh, recording with you. I wanted oh. to know which palette cleansers people liked the most. Yes. Um, but only, the, the, uh, it's a tiebreaker currently. So I'm just going to go with my original choice. Interesting. But okay. <laughs> if y'all have any opinions on future palette cleansers, go answer that. I've added it to a highlight so you can answer it whenever. All right. Okay. So this quiz is called Can I Guess Your Age?
1: Thanks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, okay. Because. We talk about our ages a lot on here. There's a 12 year difference between us, whatever, deal with it. But I feel like I am not, I don't act my age in a lot of ways. And I feel like I you do don't feel like that either. Too. And yeah. so I think it would be fun. So the name of this BuzzFeed quiz is, I bet I can guess your exact age with only 10 questions. Try me, BuzzFeed. The caption is <laughs> not to be dramatic, but I know this is right oh so uh, we'll see uh this is by angelica martinez so we'll see angelica yeah
1: good Um, luck
0: (laughs) all right so the first question do you drink regular or non-dairy milk the answers are a regular b oat milk c almond milk d soy milk or e another non-dairy alternative
1: i mean for the most part i don't drink milk but i do have almond milk in my refrigerator i'm
0: selecting almond milk okay when (laughs) was the last time you were on facebook A. Today. B. It's been a few weeks. C. It's been a few years. And D. I don't have Facebook.
1: It's been a few weeks.
0: Today. (laughs) Have you purchased laundry detergent in the past two months? A. Yes. B. No, but probably in the last six months. And C. No. Well,
1: my last thing of laundry detergent moved with me, so let's say no, but in the last six months.
0: I'm gonna say no, because I go to my parents house to do laundry. Still, Ah! (laughs) That was probably like a big giveaway for me.
1: Well, I also just got a place with my own washer and dryer. So I actually don't try and like squash as much as I can into one load every month. Oh, (laughs) that must be nice. It Uh, is. uh, Next
0: question. (laughs) Have you had more than two glasses of water today?
1: Yes or no? Have I had more than two glasses of water all of yesterday? No.
0: <laughs> so far today, I have t- I've had two cups of coffee, half a Monster, and a few sips of raspberry seltzer.
1: So no. I've had two cups of coffee plus a sip of water when I wake up because I'm really dehydrated. We're That's- killing it. <laughs> yes. We don't need a
0: quiz to tell us otherwise.
1: Right. <laughs> um,
0: do you watch cable TV or do you use streaming services? And the answers are A, only cable TV, B, only streaming services, C, I watch both equally, D, mostly cable TV, a little streaming, and then E, mostly streaming, a little cable TV.
1: Only streaming services. Funny story. I really just kind of like stopped watching all TV a long time ago. So I remember 2012 or so when internet providers be like, do you want a bundle with cable TV? And my answer to them was, I don't actually own a television anymore. (laughs) yeah that's the way to shut them up because <laughs> otherwise they try and convince you even if you say i don't really watch tv they're like but surely you want blah blah blah." <laughs> i
0: remember those days when you had to choose between the mailing service of netflix or the streaming yes service.
1: i remember mailing in the yep
0: <laughs> but now i only use streaming services as Same. well okay next okay. question how often do you make your bed a oh, every no. day <laughs> b most days c occasionally d never and e someone else makes my bed <laughs>
1: Uh, I mean, it's not never, but very close. So I guess I get to say occasionally.
0: (laughs) So I have to make mine every day (laughs) or else I become extremely depressed. (laughs) Um, Okay. I just don't go
1: in my room very much, so I don't see it.
0: No. (laughs) That's fair. Um, Do you care about Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck getting back together? A. Yes. All caps. B. Literally no. C. Kinda. And D. I have no idea what is happening.
1: I can see myself being like, literally,
0: no. Um, I have no idea what is happening ever.
1: Good too. All right.
0: Do you have string lights, faux vines, or LED strip lights in your bedroom? And the answers are yes or no. No. I have like these those um those vanity lights on that you commented on on my Instagram that turn red. I have those. Do those count?
1: Yes. They're they're strip lights. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Some kind of yeah altering light. It's cool.
0: If frozen food says you can cook it in the microwave or oven, which do you choose? (laughs) A, microwave. (laughs) B, oven. C, depends on what it is.
1: Depends on what it is, right? Depends on what it is, especially because now that I own a toaster oven, that's what I usually use.
0: Also, what about the stovetop?
1: Because a toaster oven's kind of like using a microwave, but does it just make everything soggy? Oh
0: my god, I want to. There's this like combo toaster oven air fryer I really want to get. Anyway. But yeah, I also pick. Depends on what it is. And finally, question number 10. Which of these apps do you you use the
1: most? I've said my answer so many times. Um, Okay,
0: so I'm not even going to letter them. They have Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, Facebook, Snapchat, YouTube, and Twitter.
1: Obviously, it's Pico's Instagram. Yeah, I'm going to put
0: Instagram as well. Okay. All right. Oh, they don't have any, like, explanations of why they picked it.
1: But they're so wrong. It's adorable. What did you get? (laughs) 21 years old. Oh,
0: I got 23 years old.
1: Ha, you're older than me.
0: <laughs> uh, that was kind of validating, but kind of stupid.
1: Yeah, at least we can both vote.
0: <laughs> exactly. We can both vote, but we can't rent a car.
1: Right, okay. <laughs> but we
0: can host a podcast... Yep. And that is pickles and vodka, everybody. Hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Um, we hope you'll follow us on Instagram at Pickles and Vodka Podcast. I was being really good about
1: Twitter, and then I kind of hoped that Twitter would implode. But I think I will reluctantly go back, which is Pickles Vodka. Yeah, Twitter. follow mm-hmm. the
0: downfall on Twitter. You can also yeah. <laughs> you can also find us on Facebook by searching Pickles and Vodka, a mental health podcast and if you want to follow us on our personal instagrams i am XTina jumper
1: don't follow mine i go to at p-i-c-o-s-a-u-v-e which is my dogs but i comment on it
0: yep if a random dog is following you it is lauren <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh don't forget to answer the pickle poll for next week and we'll see you then Bye. bye, bye.